This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. I didn't think we were going to uh, make it on this morning. And welcome. It's 10 minutes past 9 o'clock. We're a couple of minutes late this morning. But uh, driving rain here in Middletown, Connecticut, as we get the remnants of uh, Tropical Storm Elsa. We had some wicked thunderstorms overnight as well. Uh, But my Internet was uh, very, very fluky this morning. Excuse me. Kept coming in and out. So I didn't think we were going to make it, but here we are. We'll hang in there for as long as we can. Hopefully we won't have any more issues, but it is coming down in buckets uh, outside. The good news is not a lot of power outages across the state, just a couple of thousand. Let's hope it stays that way. All right, we got uh, some stuff to get to this morning. Of course, the Red Sox were off yesterday, so I got a little bit of Red Sox news, but nothing uh, earth-shattering there, obviously, with the night off. And you wonder if they're going to play today. This storm is going up the East Coast. It's supposed to uh, go past here, uh, and I just got a thing on my phone that says we have a flash flood warning in effect in my area until 1145. That's nice. You always love getting those. It just went off. It's like this uh, like warning Will Robinson uh uh, tone that comes out of your phone scares the crap out of you. Uh, anyway, uh, you, you wonder if the Red Sox are going to be able to play today. It's going to be out of here, they said, by early afternoon. But by the time it gets up through Boston, you know, it might be early evening. They may end up not being able to play uh, the first game of that series against the Philadelphia Phillies tonight. We'll have to see. Um, the Mets had their game rained out yesterday. They ended up with a doubleheader uh, on Saturday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So it's... Uh, you know, just the weather up and down the East Coast has not been great. Uh, some baseball news from yesterday. We talked about this at the start of our show yesterday. And uh, uh, Trevor Bauer had already been announced by Dave Roberts. He was not going to return to the Dodgers when his administrative leave expired today. Well, Major League Baseball yesterday extended that paid administrative leave for another week. So the earliest he could come back to the Dodgers is the 16th. Um, this was done in agreement with the Players Association. So they uh, they had to get sign-off by the union. Uh, Bowers agents continue to uh, say that, uh, and they, they said yesterday, we continue to refute the allegations in the strongest possible terms. Mr. Bauer vehemently denies her account of the two meetings. Uh, and they say, again, administrative leave is neither a disciplinary action nor does it any way reflect the findings in the league's investigation. Well, it's not just the league's investigation. It's the Pasadena California Police Department as well, and they've opened up a criminal criminal investigation. So it, we're, this is unfortunately, this isn't the last we've heard of this. Uh, there's also news yesterday that a bunch of his teammates have unfollowed him on social media. Um, you know, this is uh, uh, this is the Dodgers have tried to distance themselves as much as they can from Trevor Bauer. And you wonder what this means. Look, let's say he's not arrested. Let's say this goes away. 
let's say she withdraws her complaint, although I don't know if she can at this point when they've already opened up a criminal criminal investigation. But let's say this all goes away. What do the Dodgers do after that? How do you repair this? Right? You mean you've you've uh, you've you've canceled this bobblehead night. You've taken this merch out of your store and online. Um, you know, you got teammates that are rats jumping off a sinking ship. I don't know how you repair this. And, you know, he just signed a contract that pays him north of $35 million a year. It was a three-year, I think, $110 million contract. What do you do? You can't trade him because nobody's going to want that. So they, they could literally be stuck with $110 million for a guy who has uh, thrown a dozen starts for them. That's what this could turn out to be. You know, unless we find out there's some way that they can cancel this contract, but I don't think so, especially if nothing comes of it and there's no uh, criminal findings. So, by the way, if it looks like I'm broadcasting from a cave, those of you watching on Facebook this morning, it's so dark outside. I've got the lights on in my office, but it's uh, the lighting's a little harsh. Well, not that, you know, not that you're looking at a, uh, a beauty queen on screen, but... Uh, <laughs> Does. I just look at the screen. It looks a little harsh, but it is what it is. So anyway, I don't know what the Dodgers are going to do, but we know that at least for another week, uh, Trevor Bauer is not eligible to come back. And then the Dodgers have a decision to make. Do you just shut him down and keep paying him until the investigation is over? Or do you run the risk of fan wrath, player wrath, et cetera, et cetera, and allow him to come back. Now, in the meantime, of course, MLB is going to do its own investigation. And I, you know, I find that curious. How, what are they going to do? What are they going to hire a private detective and talk to this woman? I mean, I don't understand, you know, MLB is like going to do their own investigation. So they could decide, even if, let's say there's no criminal charges filed. Um, could Major League Baseball still come back and say, yeah, well, you know, there's something to this and we don't like it. It doesn't look good. It's kind of a, it's kind of a little sleazy for us. So you know what? We're going to suspend you for 60 days. I mean, I suppose they could. I don't know how the uh, Players Association would go along with that. But you just, uh, you know, I, it, so you, we'll see. But uh, unfortunately, you know, as we also know, criminal investigations don't always go very fast. So this could drag on for weeks. Good Lord. Uh, other baseball news yesterday. Uh, two more people have pulled out of the All-Star game. Uh, we already knew that Jacob DeGrom from the New York Mets had said that he was not going to participate. You can make that, you can understand that with the issues that he's had, um, you know, with missing some starts this year and being on the injured list, why he would do that. Well, yesterday, um, Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa from the Houston Astros both announced that they are not going to the All-Star game. Now, neither one of those was picked as a starter. They were supposed to be reserves. Um, Altuve is having a great year. Uh, he cited that he needed the time off because of some issues with his left leg. Now, um, I don't know what's going on with his left leg because he's played all season. He hasn't been on the injured list. He hasn't been shut down. He isn't talking about exactly what it is, but he said... Uh, I really think I need those four days to get everything on my leg right and be really healthy for the second half. Okay. I mean, you know, and again, if the if the guy's really hurt, what are you, you going to say? 
And at the end of the day, as I said with Jacob DeGrom, even if you're not hurt, you know, going to the All-Star game and being selected is an honor. It doesn't mean that you have to go. At least I don't think there's a mandate that you have to go unless you're injured. I, I don't know. Now, the other one is Correa. Now, Correa is going to spend time with his wife who is pregnant. And he said, look, baseball is really important to me, but family always comes first. Uh, so we've decided I'm going to stay here with her and spend time. He said, look, we've been trying to get pregnant for a while, you know, to have our first child. He said, now that it's finally in her belly, I want to be able to spend these days with her. You know what? Can't blame him for that either. So, uh, and you know, but, and, and the cynic in me, the cynic in me also says they don't want to go because they don't want to get the abuse that they would get during the All-Star game and get booed by the fans in Colorado. And they would. You know, because of the cheating scandal, there is no doubt that they would. So there's a part of me, and, you know, maybe I'm just being overly cynical, that says they're just not going because they don't want to hear it. You know, they've been having to listen to it all year. And you know what? I don't feel sorry for them. They cheated. They None of the players ever got punished despite the fact that they cheated. And you know what? If you've got to listen to some heckling and look at some signs and stuff like that, you're damn lucky that's all you have to do, in my my humble opinion. So, But, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely think that there is a piece, uh, of, and that's a piece of why they aren't going. So, uh, you know, again, I have no issue with Correa's wife's pregnant. They've been trying for a while. That's fine. You know, but Altuve suddenly with this mysterious leg ailment, this, this leg ailment that has not kept him out of the lineup at all. So, but whatever, you know, well, good riddance. Uh, all right, so the Red Sox start a three-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies starting tonight, maybe. Uh, this is a rematch of a series that uh, happened at the end of May. The Red Sox beat Philly two out of three in Philadelphia from May 21st to the 23rd. Um. Phillies won last night, but there's still a game under 500. This is a team that has certainly underperformed, and you could make the case that the Red Sox have far overperformed. Having said all that, if the Red Sox are for real, they need to take care of business, win two out of three in this series. I think it's too much to ask them to win all three. Why? Because they got Garrett Richards and Martin Perez and Nick Pavetta going on the hill. And of the three of them, the only one that gives me any kind of confidence at all is Nick Pavetta. And Pavetta is going to be pitching on Sunday against Aaron Nola, who is arguably, uh, along with Zach Wheeler, uh, the best pitcher on this Philly staff. Garrett Richards has been a dumpster fire since uh, finding out about the crackdown on foreign substances back on uh, June uh, 6th. In four starts after that, he allowed 17 earned runs in 16 and two-thirds innings. Now, he was better his last time out. He allowed two runs in five innings, and he's supposed to get the start against Vince Velasquez tonight. But I think winning all three of these is way too much to ask. Two out of three might be a stretch. But, you know, here's the thing. If, if God forbid, the Red Sox get swept by Philly and uh, Tampa plays well, against Toronto, the Red Sox could actually go into the all-star break without having the lead. And that seemed unfathomable a week ago when they had a four and a half game lead. So 
you know, the other part of this is the Red Sox bats got to pick it up. You know, they had a three and three road trip out to the West Coast, but in that ro- on that road trip, they hit two three as a team. Two oh three with a five oh seven OPS. You know, so frankly, the offense was anemic, and if it hadn't been for some decent pitching, you know, they might not have been three and three. Uh, you know, uh, so outside of Bogarts and uh, J.D. Martinez and probably Rafi Devers, nobody hit consistently on that West Coast swing. Now the Red Sox still have one of the best offenses in baseball. Um, I think their I think their OPS is like fifth best in all of baseball. You know, so it's not like this is an, a horrible offense. But 203 over the last six games ain't going to get it done. When you get back home against a team that's underperformed, they've got to hit the ball this weekend. Uh, of course, the other thing that's going to happen this weekend is the Major League Baseball draft starts on Sunday. And, you know, MLB for the first time is doing the draft around the All Star break. I think it's actually kind of genius. You know, if, if this was Rob Manfred's idea, I'll throw him a bone. This was actually a pretty good idea. You know, you've got the attention on the sport for the All-Star game with the home run derby and everything else. Why not add the draft in there? Kind of, uh, you know, a little bit more spark to the weekend. So that's cool. Everybody's waiting to see what the Red Sox are going to do. I'm hoping it's going to be Jack Leiter, son of Al Leiter, a kid that it was a it was unbelievable at Vanderbilt this year. Uh, he was 11 and four at Vanderbilt this year with a 2.13 ERA, averaged 14 and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Walks maybe up a little bit. He averaged about three and a half walks per nine, but you know uh, they can work with that. But this is a kid that's already um, prepared, I think, to pitch in the major leagues. He's got a great fastball. He's got a curveball. He's got a changeup. He's actually got a little bit of a slider as well. Um, so, you know, it throws in the, you know, mid to upper 90s. But this is a kid that looks like he's ready to go. And a lot of people think that the Red Sox are going to get him. They think that Leiter will fall to them. Leiter has actually kind of mentioned that he'd like to go to Boston. Um, but there are other drafts that think that the Rangers, I think, who have the number two pick, also are high on lighter. So the Red Sox, if they don't get him, then it's going to be your choice of high school shortstops or perhaps um, a catcher. There's a, uh, a college catcher that's pretty good. The, the thing with the college ca- the kid that's the catcher is that uh, he can hit, and he's got a great arm, but he's not a great defensive catcher. Think... Gary Sanchez, and that's what worries me. Now, hopefully the bat's better than Sanchez. But Gary Sanchez has a great arm, but he's an absolute butcher as a catcher for the Yankees. So that's kind of what worries me about this kid that they're talking about as the college catcher. So I'm kind of hoping it turns out to be lighter. Uh, Kumar Rocker, another kid that was lighter's teammate at Vanderbilt, was somebody that the teams were really high on. But for whatever reason, Rocker struggled a little bit down the stretch, and they're saying that uh, he's fallen and and will probably be a mid first round draft pick. So uh, we'll see. But uh, I'm I'm hoping for lighter uh, because uh, getting a kid who is a potential ace um, is not easy to do. And this is the first time the Red Sox have picked this high in the draft since Lyndon Johnson was president. Think about that for a minute. I think it was 1965, the last time the Red Sox picked 
this high in the draft. And frankly, let's hope it's the last time in 60 years they pick this high in the draft because it means you stunk to get there. So this is one where the Red Sox cannot afford to stumble. You know, you just can't. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why if they have if they have a chance to take lighter, I think they're going to, and they have to. You know, high school shortstop, great. You know, they're great athletes. But the thing with taking high school kids, it's a crapshoot. You know, the, a lot of the high school kids, there's a huge upside, but there's a lot of high school kids that flame out, you know, because you're not seeing them against quality opponents. You know, let's face it, most of the time when you pitch in high school, uh, there's maybe one other team in your league that's any good. There's a kid here out of Connecticut, uh, last name Mazzucato, pitched, I think, with three or four straight no-hitters this year. And you go, wow. But when you look at the rest of that league – you go, eh, you know, it's impressive, but who are you doing it against? Now, having said that, pitching a no-hitter is impressive. I don't care who you do it against. You know, you do it against the Helen Keller School for the Blind. It's still impressive. But, uh, you know, there you have to temper the excitement with knowing, uh, you know, who you're playing against. So... You know, it, it, it and, and with shortstops in high school, look, shortstops are always the best athletes. They can usually play anywhere, uh, and they usually have gaudy numbers. But, again, you know, when you're playing against inferior competition, it's kind of hard to tell. Now, the Red Sox took the kid uh, York out of uh, California last year, a high school kid, and a lot of people went, ooh, what are they doing? And yet the kid has performed really well this year um, in single A. He's looked really good. He's got an OPS of over 800. So, you know, they may have hit a home run with, you know, the kid York that they picked last year as well. But uh, getting a chance to get a potential ace is one the Red Sox cannot pass up. Um, I mentioned the New York Mets yesterday did not play their doubleheader uh, or did not play their game against the Pirates, and they'll have a doubleheader on Saturday. Um, It may have been a bit of a blessing for the Mets. Brandon Nimmo, who has been, God, it just seems like he's hurt all the time. He had just come back from the injured list. He played four or five games, was playing well, was a big part of you know keeping the Mets train rolling. Well, in his game, game number one in the doubleheader against the Brewers on Wednesday, um, he felt some discomfort in his shoulder after he made a diving catch. You know, and uh, landed awkwardly, and you know, I, I saw the replay. I mean, I can understand how my pill was sore, but uh, the Mets had decided he when they they put the lineup up for out for yesterday, he wasn't in it. So now he had yesterday off. I'm sure they will give him today off um, if they play, and then uh, hopefully for the weekend. But maybe they give him the weekend off and hope that whatever soreness it is goes away. Look, this guy's an important part of that team. If they can keep him healthy, which has been a challenge. But this kid is a really good player. It's just, uh, you know, keeping him on the field um, is a bit of a nightmare. So we'll see whether they'll play tonight, today or not. I mean, right now, uh, tons of rain here in New York. It's going to be, I guess, a, a matter of uh, how well City Field takes it. I know my backyard looks like a lagoon right now. Uh, we got... Uh, I have a rain gauge in my backyard between the thunderstorms last night and the rain this morning at seven o'clock this morning, we had gotten uh, like 2.1 inches of rain here in Connecticut and it's been pouring like mad since I got up. So we're probably going to get another inch or so of rain 
the rest of the morning. So, you know, hopefully City Field can handle that, but uh, they may not. And look, the Mets have already had 13 games postponed this year. The doubleheader they play on Saturday against Pittsburgh will already be their 10th doubleheader this season. Now, you know, it's a bit of a break with the Major League Baseball rules with seven-inning doubleheaders, but still, I mean, that's brutal. Uh, Ten doubleheaders already, and we're, uh, we're only halfway through the season. It's 29 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the Yankee game last night. The Yankees were looking to get the sweep in Seattle. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 32 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call on a Friday morning. I was just looking at my Twitter feed uh, while uh, we were on break. (laughs) Yesterday, uh, Rory McIlroy was playing in the Scottish Open. Uh, The the British Open's next week. Matter of fact, it reminds me, i got to get Sam Doster on. Um, the British Open is coming up next week, and so he's over there kind of playing one of the tune-ups to the, uh, to the British Open, and somebody in the stands, or in the stands, in the gallery yesterday, took a golf club out of his bag. He's just st- standing there, I guess, on the tee. He was playing with, I think, John Rahm and Justin Thomas, so they're standing there, and a guy takes, like, just takes a club out of his bag <laughs> and starts taking some practice swings with it. It's like, really? It's unbelievable. Uh, needless to say, the fan was not around to see the rest of the round, but good Lord, people. Uh, all right, uh, the Yankees yesterday. Well, the Yankees lose, uh, and not, they lost yesterday 4 nothing. Uh, they got one hit. Uh, a great start by Logan Gilbert, the kid who is the number one pitching prospect in the Seattle Mariners organization. Seven innings, he struck out eight did not walk anybody, and as I said, he allowed the one hit. The one hit was a uh, Giancarlo Stanton double, I think, in the second inning. Outside of that, this kid was unbelievable. Uh, then Paul Seawald and Kendall Graveman came on and finished it up, uh, and the Yankees finished with just one hit. They only gave up five hits themselves. Jordan Montgomery got the start, and he was pretty good. Six and two-thirds, three runs, four hits, uh, but uh, the long ball hurt him yesterday. Uh, Kyle Seeger hit, uh, one off of him in the first inning. And then, uh, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, Moore hit him, uh, hit another one off of him. That one came, uh, uh, in the second inning. So the long ball hurt him, but outside of that, he pitched pretty well. As I said, struck out nine, walked just two. Uh, so the Yankees do not get the sweep in Seattle. You hate to see that. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, they will head back, um, uh, now and they will uh, uh, be, have a 44 and 42 record. They're not heading back, I should say. They're heading to Houston, so they are going to have their hands full with the Houston Astros this weekend. And Nestor Cortez is going to get the start uh, in game number one of that series against the Houston Astros. So the Yankees, with the loss yesterday, are nine back of Boston, sitting in fourth place. Uh, they're a game behind Toronto who was in third, eight back. Toronto also got rained out yesterday uh, because of the impending weather against the Tampa Bay Rays. So uh, the Yankees were the only uh, team to play yesterday in the American League East, and nine back. Again, I'm still not counting them out, and I still expect that Brian Cashman is going to add something. Uh, You know, and I, my gut would be they need to add a starting pitcher, 
But it also wouldn't surprise me if they went out and found a left-handed bat. They need a left-handed hitter. They are. This team is way too right-handed for a team that plays in Yankee Stadium with that short left uh, field porch. So uh, don't count them out. But they've got the Houston Astros this weekend. Uh, and how about how about what the Astros are doing? This is great. The Astros, of course, the Yankees, uh, very vocal about the whole cheating scandal. So the Astros, for this three-game series this weekend, this is beautiful, uh, they have giveaways scheduled for the entire weekend. Fans that come on Friday are going to get a replica of the 2019 AL Championship Trophy. Uh, Saturday's game, they're going to get a 2019 replica ring. And then Sunday, everybody gets a Jose Altuve jersey. And these promotions were all announced last month. And if you don't think they did this to take a shot at the Yankees, <laughs> you, you are sadly mistaken. I think it's brilliant marketing. I love it. Uh, so <laughs> they, they are going to rub it in the Yankees' faces this weekend. You know, and, and I'll tell you, you know, look, we, we all – we all know Red Sox fans, not fans of the Yankees, but we also know what a storied franchise this is, and you have to respect how good they have been over the years. You know, and uh, it, it's funny, though, how things turn. I mean, the Red Sox were the doormats for so long and always found ways uh, to screw things up. But, you know, after the Red Sox won their World Series, Series championship in 2004, uh, all of a sudden, you know, the Yankees can't win anything. They can't win a World Series. And so now... You know, it's Red Sox fans always saying, hey, when was the last time you guys won one? Look how great we are. And it used to be the other way around. Uh, and now with, uh, you know, with the Yankees being vocal about things with Houston, Houston could say, hey, when was the last time you guys won anything? Matter of fact, since you're coming to town, let us remind you <laughs> how, how good we've been and how, how good you haven't been. So brilliant marketing. Love it. Uh, other big game yesterday in the American League um, involved the Astros, and uh, they were looking to complete the sweep of the Oakland Athletics, but Oakland had other ideas. They win the game yesterday 2-1. to one. It was a game that Oakland had to have. You know, it wouldn't have finished them, but, you know, now they can go into this weekend series and, and go into the All-Star break with an opportunity Um to keep Houston within their sights. Look, they've, uh, Oakland plays Texas this weekend, you know, a team that uh, they can beat. And, uh, you know, if they can go into the All-Star break two and a half, three and a half games behind Houston, they have to feel pretty good about their chances. Frankie Montas with the start last night for the Oakland Athletics, uh, six and two-thirds, five hits, just one run. He struck out ten. Lance McCullers Jr. was great for Houston. Two runs, eight strikeouts, and seven innings. Uh, but he takes the loss. It's the first time uh, that McCullers has lost a start since April the 14th. It was the first time in 10 starts that he'd lost a decision. Uh, so the Athletics, as I said, take on Texas uh, starting tonight. It, the games are in Texas. Cole Irvin, 6-7 and seven with a 3-5-6 ERA, will go against Jordan Lyles, who has an ERA of about 5. Um and uh, Jake Odorizzi is going to get the start for Houston uh, tonight 
against the uh, New York Yankees. Odorizzi is three and three with a three seven zero ERA, but he has pitched uh, worlds better since uh, the start of the season. He was uh, human, you know, batting practice to start the year, and he has been much much better uh, his last three or four starts. So he will get the start tonight against the Yankees. Uh, the Minnesota Twins pick up a win last night. And, again, the Twins trying to stay relevant. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, even with the win last night, I don't know if you can say they're relevant. The one thing it did do is it got them out of the cellar. Uh, the Kansas City Royals now are in the cellar in the AL Central. But this is a Twins team that's still 14 games under 500, still lost seven of the last ten. But they beat the Detroit Tigers yesterday 5-3, and it wasn't easy. Uh, the Tigers had a 3-2 lead going into the bottom of the seventh. But then uh, home runs by uh, Ryan Jeffers, Miguel Sano, uh, brought them back, and they end up winning this one 5-3. Jay Happ with a solid start last night for Minnesota. Look, Happ came into the game with an ERA of 6. I mean, you know, just awful. But last night he goes seven innings, gives up three runs. He struck out eight, walked one, and uh, then the bullpen does a good job. Taylor Rogers picks up his eighth save of the season. Uh, Tarek Skubal, young pitcher for Detroit, been very, very good, but uh, got roughed up a bit yesterday. Again, the long ball hurts him, uh, gives up those home runs. He ends up giving up six hits and five runs in six innings of work, uh, and uh, he falls to five and eight on the season. But this is a very, very good young pitcher. But, uh, you know, the Tigers, three games ahead of Minnesota. Can they stay ahead of them? Uh, Minnesota will send uh, Kenta Maeda to the mound tonight, uh, and Detroit will counter with Matt Manning, who's 1-2 with an ERA of 7.94. And Kenta Maeda, a guy that, you know, huge acquisition for this Minnesota team, another one of these starting pitchers along with Jay Happ that's been so disappointing this year. Maeda is 4-3, and three, but he's got an ERA over 5. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it doesn't seem to matter who Minnesota has thrown out there this year. Just it has not gone well. Uh, you got to feel good for Terry Francona. They finally get a W yesterday. Uh, it was the first win for the Cleveland Indians since the 28th of June. Ugh. 11-game losing streak finally gets snapped last night, and it took a three-run home run by Fran Mill Reyes in the bottom of the ninth inning to get it done. Uh, you know, and and Mike Matheny, the uh, manager of the Kansas City Royals, uh, decided that uh, he didn't want to face uh, Carlos Santana. So... Uh, or not, no, excuse me, uh, sent uh, Greg Holland out, and he didn't want to face Jose Ramirez, so he sends Ramirez to first base on an intentional walk, and then Fran Mill Reyes uh, ended the game with that three-run home run. Greg Holland has really struggled lately as well. He ends up giving up the bomb, gets charged with three runs. He walked a guy, which was intentional, but he also gave up two hits. Uh, so not very good. And uh, James Karinchak picks up the win in relief despite the fact that he gave up a run on two hits in the ninth inning. Uh, he picks up his fifth win of the season. Uh, Zach Plesak got the start for Cleveland yesterday coming off the uh, injured list. And uh, he wasn't awful. Uh, went, they only allowed him to go four innings. They, they had him on a pitch count. 
he threw 55 pitches in this one. He gave up five hits and three runs. He struck out four, didn't walk anybody. Uh, but if you're Cleveland, just getting him back in the lineup uh, or in your rotation was a beautiful thing. Uh, with the win, uh, Cleveland is seven and a half back now in second place behind the White Sox, who were off yesterday. Uh, but uh, it's it's going to be an uphill struggle, especially with news yesterday that the White Sox uh, may have Eloy Jimenez back with the club by the end of the month. Uh, he is way ahead of schedule. If you remember, he got hurt at the end of spring training, went up to try to make a catch over the fence in the outfield and uh, uh, tore a tendon in his arm. And the thought was is that he might miss the entire season. At best, maybe you get him back in September. Well, he is going to be starting a rehab assignment this weekend. And, uh, you know, he said he feels he said he said feels 100%. He's ready to go now. But, of course, they need to get him and, and get his timing and get his reps in. It's just going to be a matter of how many they think he needs. But uh, it looks like he will be back with the White Sox by the end of the month, which is not good news uh, for anybody else in the uh, American League. Not just Cleveland, who's chasing them down, but that's not good news uh, for the Red Sox or the Rays or Toronto or New York because that's just going to make a very, very good White Sox team uh, that much more dangerous. It's 45 minutes past the hour. When we come back, man, what an, uh, a crazy game yesterday in San Diego. We'll talk about that in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 47 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call on a Friday morning as we uh, watch the rain fall here in the Northeast. Uh, last night in San Diego, absolutely insane game. Now, you Darvish got the start against Max Scherzer, so you're thinking, wow, this is going to be a great one, going to be a good pitcher's duel. And, uh, you know, I kind of was settling in thinking it was going to be a fun game to watch uh, pitching-wise. Well, yeah, not so much. Yu Darvish got knocked out in the third inning. Uh, by the end of three and a half, the Washington Nationals had opened up an 8 nothing lead. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. And Max Scherzer's on the mound, and you're thinking, well, this one's over. As a matter of fact... And this is the part that really bugs me. I turned it off, <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is great. So I turned it off, and uh, I missed the uh, the fun. And, look, I there's been a lot of talk about pitchers hitting, right? Pitchers shouldn't be hitting. We should have the universal DH, yada, yada, yada. And I, I still – I still like the pitchers hitting. I just – because for moments exactly like what happened – last night enter the bottom of the fourth inning San Diego's down eight nothing they get a couple of runners in so it's now eight two the bases are loaded and two men are out and because it's a six-run game because their bullpen has been taxed quite a bit recently Jace Tingler, the manager of the San Diego Padres elects to allow Daniel Camarena a relief pitcher who had come in in relief of you, Darvish, who and came in and gave up a couple of more runs. Darvish gave up six. Camarena gave up two more in the fourth to make it 8 nothing. But because the bullpen was hurt and they needed to send Camarena back out there, 
They send him to the plate with two outs and the bases loaded. And Daniel Camarena proceeds to hit a grand slam home run off of Max Scherzer. A relief pitcher. A grand slam. It is the first home run that Max Scherzer has allowed to a pitcher in his 14-year career. It is the first time that a relief pitcher has hit a grand slam since 1985. Don Robinson from the Pittsburgh Pirates did it uh, in 1985, and he is the first Padres player, pitcher or position player, to have a grand slam for his first hit. How about that? And to make this even better, Camarena is a San Diego kid. He went to high school in San Diego, and now he's pitching for his hometown team. It was the uh, it was his second um, stint with them this year. But how about that? I mean, you went to high school in that town. You're playing for that team. He went to Cathedral Catholic High School, and then he hits a grand slam off of Max Scherzer. Talk about a pinch-me moment. Well, so the grand slam, all of a sudden the game, it's 8-7. Padres scored another one in the eighth inning, and we're tied, and then they win it in the bottom of the ninth inning on a Trent Grisham RBI single. So from 8 nothing down, they win this game 9-8. to eight. Unbelie- and, and I, the rocket scientist that I am, now in my defense, it was on the West Coast, turned it off. It's unbelievable. Uh, so uh, good for them. Uh, the Giants were off last night. So uh, the win brings the Padres uh, a half a game closer. Uh, they are now four back. The Dodgers won yesterday. Uh, the Dodgers got a 6-1 victory over the Miami Marlins yesterday. Julio Urias becomes the first 11-game winner in Major League Baseball. Now, I know wins have been devalued, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but the way that bullpens are used these days and the fact that you you don't let uh uh pitchers go deep into games you know they don't they don't really count wins for as much as they used to but uh Julio Urias is 11 and 3 and uh you know with all the talk about Cy Young's and Jacob deGrom with the 1 108 ERA and yada 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 look Julio Urias is going out there and he is pitching deep into games every time out. He's got an ERA of 3.64, but uh, you know, which is much higher than DeGrom's, but he's 11 and 3. 7 innings last night, 5 hits, 1 run, he struck out 9. Uh, you know, look, this kid has been he's only what 25 years old. He he'll be 25 years old in August. So, this kid is really still uh young. He's thrown 106 innings already this year after throwing 55 all of last year in the shortened season. So he's already doubled his uh, his innings from last year, and he's only allowed 90 hits in those 106 innings, and he struck out 119. His whip is 1.06. Opponents are hitting 227 against him. Look, you know, so again, you can devalue wins all you want. At the end of the day, this guy's got to be in the Cy Young conversation. Has to be. 
Um, the other news out of the game yesterday, uh, before the game, uh, Miami announced that they are going to exercise the option on Don Mattingly's contract, which guarantees that uh, Mattingly will be back to manage the Marlins in 2022. Good for him. Uh, look, with that young team, I think he's done a great job. I, I don't. I think he's an underappreciated manager. I think he he does a nice job. So uh, he, now he will be back for 2022, which is great. Uh, the Dodgers have a series at home starting tonight against the Arizona Diamondbacks, so uh, that should be cannon fodder for them, you would think. David Price is going to get the start for the Dodgers. Of course, he started the season in the bullpen. With all the injuries that the Dodgers have had, uh, they're going to uh, give him the start. He's 4-0 with a 3-5-8 ERA, uh, so he'll go against the Diamondbacks tonight. And the Marlins open a three-game series uh, against the Atlanta Braves on Friday night. And look, the Marlins aren't out of it in the National League East. I mean, I don't know if anybody is because the NL East is so tight, but the Marlins are still eight and a half back. But I'll tell you what, this Atlanta team, which is another uh, probably, uh, you know what? Atlanta may be right now the most disappointing team in Major League Baseball. They're two games under five hundred. Uh, but fortunately, because the Mets have been meh, they're only four and a half back. But if Miami can go and uh, you know take two out of three from Atlanta this weekend, they're going to tighten that race up considerably. So that'll be a fun one to watch this weekend. Uh, the Phillies now four back of the Mets, who were idle yesterday because the Phillies drilled the Cubs yesterday 8 nothing. Brad Miller, three home runs in this game. Three. He came in with six on the season and uh, hits three bombs last night. He had a solo shot in the third and then two run homers in the fifth and seventh inning, so a nice night for him. Didi Gregorius also went deep for the uh, Phillies last night. Zach Eflin, very good on the mound, six solid innings, uh, and the Phillies take two or three out of four from the uh, reeling Chicago Cubs. The Cubs now nine and a half back in the Central. Uh, that's just brutal, and that's because the Brewers beat the Reds last night. A big win for the Reds. This is a huge series because now with that loss last night, Cincinnati falls seven back. If they get swept, I'll tell you what, uh, Milwaukee is going to go into the All-Star break. they got to have a 10-game lead. Uh, but they win it last night, a uh, two-run homer by Abisail Garcia in the eighth inning. That's the difference as uh, they beat the Cincinnati Reds by a final of 5-3. to three. Uh, One other quick note, uh, the Phoenix Suns, halfway to their first NBA championship. They win last night. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, to take a 2-0 lead in that series. It was 118-108. to uh, Devin Booker, 31 points. Chris Paul with 23 to lead the way. Uh, Giannis came back for the Bucks last night. It was great. He had 42 points and 12 rebounds, uh, but uh, uh, was not enough. So the Suns now will head to Milwaukee for the next two games. Uh, they're not sweeping this series, but uh, they are certainly in the driver's seat. So uh, uh, the game three will be in Milwaukee on Saturday. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, stay safe. We're going to leave you this morning with some music from Luke Combs, Beer Never Broke My Heart. We'll see you Monday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.